What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Fieldcraft Survival Podcast. I'm going to be your host for both the advertisement space as well as this podcast. My name is Kevin Ostella. I'm the director of training on the survival side of the house. Don't confuse me with the Irish Kevin that works at Fieldcraft Survival. Uh, that one is way more lethal. Guys, I want to just recognize a couple of our great, great sponsors. These are the folks that make this podcast totally possible. And there are two companies that we love very dearly here at the company. The first one is Black Rifle Coffee. Black Rifle Coffee is over in Salt Lake City. When you are visiting us here in Heber and you're driving down I-15, look off to your right-hand side. You're going to see the sign for Black Rifle Coffee. Go into Black Rifle Coffee. You'll find that they have a complete coffee shop. They have all the products that you can find online. And you might even bump into some of the more, I don't know, I guess you can call them um, more popular. I don't know if that's the right word. Well, the more obvious folks that you would see on their channel, uh, they're always there. So please go over to Black Rifle Coffee, uh, whether you're here in Utah or you are just going online, just go to blackriflecoffee.com. If you use the coupon code CRAFT15, CRAFT15 will get you 15% off of your order. And of course, there are certain things that are not going to be included in that 15% off, but you got to play around with what you put into your cart and see if that craft 15 or craft 15 discount applies to your order. If it does, awesome. Guess what? You can buy more coffee with the money that you save, or you can spend that money on trips out here to see us for training or more ammo or stuff for the end of the world, which, hey, that might be coffee or more ammo. Who knows? All right. So guys, go check out blackriflecoffee.com. Use the coupon code craft 15. Visit them if you're out here in Utah. Good folks. They make great coffee. I highly, highly suggest Silence or Smooth. That's my personal choice. The other company that I want to recognize quickly is Sig Sauer. Uh, at the time of recording this, they just released the new uh, P365 Macro, which is 17 rounds of ammunition in a very compact package. It's going to redefine the concealed carry game. Uh, Sig, they have a lot of fantastic firearms. Uh, we use them all the time here at the company. My personal favorite is the one that's my bedside gun, which is my MPX. And I will tell you that that I have yet to find a firearm that is as fun to use as that one uh, for something really compact. We're talking 30 rounds of nine millimeter as fast as you can pull the trigger. And by the way, that trigger is a Timney trigger and it's just a great little backpack gun. Uh, if you want to have something that is just a lot of fun to shoot, but it's very expensive to shoot because you just go through ammo so quickly. Look at the SIG MPX. If you are more of a fan of the long range game, take a look at the SIG Cross. And in particular, look at the new uh, SIG Cross. That's, I believe it's called the PRS uh, or PSR. It is a pretty awesome bolt action rifle that has a heavy barrel and a lot of the same ergonomics as an AR-15. I don't think you're gonna go wrong with those. And if you're looking for a place to train, you can either train with them at the Sig Sauer Academy or with us, we will welcome Sig Firearms on the firing line anytime. If you want to go train at Sig Sauer Academy, it's up in uh, Epping, New Hampshire. I highly recommend if you go to Epping, New Hampshire, you eat at Goody Coles right around the corner and stay at the Exeter Inn. Those are my two personal choices. I'm always going to plug them because I've stayed there plenty of times and I've eaten plenty of barbecue there. But guys, please check out SigSauer.com. Take a look at some of the firearms that they have in their lineup. I guarantee you will find something that's going to fit your hands and your liking. So thank you so much to the folks over at Black Rifle Coffee and Sig Sauer for making this podcast totally possible. So without further ado, let's get right to this one. Here we go. 
All right, folks, here we go. It's time for the Fieldcraft Survival Podcast. And today I've got someone who I've known for quite some time, uh, someone who works for a company that you might have heard of in the news. Uh, someone, <laughs> yeah, he's laughing right now. Uh, someone who's going to help clarify the mission of his company and how our companies are related and how we work together on some awesome projects. In cre- in, I'll just simply say like, helping out the community. That's the best way I can put it. So guys, I would like to introduce my good friend, Tom Rigsby. Tom, how are you, buddy? I'm doing good. I can get rid of this cough or get through the the podcast without coughing in the microphone. I'll be even better. Is it monkey pox? No, no, I I didn't think it was. Uh, I don't know. I haven't caught monkey pox. I don't think I'm going to. Doesn't that just make you break out? I don't I don't know. It's so hard to keep up with the, uh, the <laughs> epidemic du jour. I know. And who knows what the government is going to throw at us next with yeah. uh, pandemics. But guys, we do not have monkeypox here. We might have COVID. Who knows? But guess what? A lot of people have had COVID. In any case, Tom. I, I've had it twice. I. So are you confirmed you've had it twice? Or is it like you've had it, but you didn't get tested? But is it a like, confirmed COVID case? So I had it once, tested um, confirmed. We got the, um, the antibody IV, my wife and I did, and that made a huge difference. I mean, the next day we were feeling better. Um, fast forward, I don't know, six or seven months and I get this little cough and then, you know, sinuses are draining and, um, have a family member who said, Oh, you're coughing. I need to go get tested. So she went and got tested and she came back positive everybody kind of around us did i didn't go i didn't bother to get tested because i didn't really care i think that's where we all are right now i I mean when someone in our company at fieldcraft is like oh i'm really sick i'm really tired i i don't have any sense of it's like don't even worry dude you probably have covid you're gonna get through it well you know i mean here's the thing it's a virus once the virus is out it's with us forever Mm -hmm. the only way we're going to get over it and get past it is for everybody to get it and we can't hide from it and and we can't you cannot hide from it it's just like every other flu that we get every year it goes into the rotation now just like everybody else the issue has been that because it's a new variant and and kind of sort of new that we don't have a lot of built-in immunity to it. So we just have to suffer through it until we get over the hump. Looking back on all the COVID craziness, and that's the way I'm going to describe it because I mean, there were people wearing water coolers on their heads with, you know, makeshift filters and whatnot. What do you think was the most entertaining aspect of COVID 2020 to the present day? Flying. (laughs) right just watching some of the people in the airport now i'll tell you i I know you traveled some during all that too um i didn't see a tremendous downtick in the number of people flying really no it it's it seemed pretty steady to me now maybe maybe if the airlines cut back on the number of flights and it just kind of felt the same um but seeing some of the people just in I'm like, you know, if you're that afraid of it, maybe you should just stay at home. Right. I completely agree I mean, on that one. Tyvek bunny suit, <laughs> uh, goggles with a face shield, double masks, gloves. Like, Yeah, I really like the face mask that oh. said face mask on it. 
You know, it's like, I yeah. couldn't tell the plastic sheet that you're wearing on your face is a right. mask. Thank you for, for letting me know. Uh, so, so I would get them and like draw glasses on them and oh, yeah. you know, like mustache and, you know, so, it, it, it's just, it, it's interesting to me, right? I've, I have a little bit of a psychology background. So it, mm -hmm. it's interesting to look at how people responded to this. And there is definitely a, a thing with the fear of the unknown, right? Sure. And so this was a big unknown. I mean, people died with it and people died from it, right? And even people in, in my extended family, we had deaths in the family related to COVID. But at the end of the day, this is just like every other virus right. making its own natural progression through through the world. And if we react this way, and this is the scary part, if we react this way to every little thing, we will be in a perpetual state of masked, isolated, remote learning. And, and that is bad for us in so many ways. Yeah. And to, and to segue into why you're here okay. and what you do. Yeah. We're talking about the unknown. We're talking about preparing ourselves for these these terrible things that could happen to us. And that's exactly what. Amcon does. Yeah. So if you guys have been living under a rock, you might not know what Amcon is, but Amcon stands for American Contingency. And let's kind of give the listeners a little bit of a background of when it started and why it started and where it is now. Sure. So um, American Contingency started because of an observation that Mike Glover made. And I think if we're all honest with ourselves, and I, I know that this is kind of my motivation to be part of AMCON. Um, the world that we live in today is not very well prepared. I think you and I were talking earlier about uh, the average household in America has mm -hmm. three days worth of food. M most people drive their car around with less than a quarter tank of gas in, in the tank. We're just not prepared for whatever. And, and you know, I, I, I kind of jokingly refer to it as the zombie apocalypse because that's easy, right? But really what, what Amcon is about is helping people be better prepared for next Thursday, right? Just whatever might come along. Great example is, well, uh, two great examples. Um, I'm traveling back and uh, get home really late one night. I've got about an hour's drive. And as I'm getting up on the freeway, I, I see blue lights. So I'm kind of move over to the left. It turns out there were six vehicles there that had run over something in the road and shredded all four tires. Okay, it's one o'clock in the morning and you just shredded all four tires on your car. Who do you call? What do you do? Right. The other example is it just happened to us yesterday. We had I'm on the road. Um, had a storm blow through, knocked a big limb down in the, in our front yard. Because we are part of a local group that helps and supports each other, my wife had somebody to call and said, hey, you know, Tom's out of town. We've got this big limb down. Three or four people showed up, and 10 minutes later it was gone. And 
And you know, there are critics out there that would say like, oh, I'm going to use, what is it called? Angie's list. Like yeah. I'm going to look up the reviews and I'll just find someone. Well, you still don't know who that is. And you're looking at anonymous reviews. It's better to be connected and to have a network of people who fit the traditional kind of archetypes of old school societies. Like, mm -hmm. hey, this guy is the doctor. This guy is the carpenter. This guy is uh, the electrician. Like you should have these people in your network and they, you should know them on a first name basis. Well, it, but what happens to us though, Kevin, is we get into our own little bubble every day. We go, we go out of the house, get into the car, open the garage door, back out, go to work in our car, come drive back home, do the same thing in reverse, close the garage door, go back in the house and don't know our neighbor's names, let right. alone what their skill sets or capabilities are. So one of the things that we really promote and evangelize is relationship building. And, and that's really what you're talking about, right? right? It's, right. it's developing those relationships before you need them. Can I look them up on an Angie's list? Sure. But I don't know who this person is that left a review. I, right. I don't know. I don't know anything about these people, but because, um, we, you know, what we do with American contingency is we promote these small groups. We call it 15, 30, 30. If about 15 families within 30 miles or 30 minutes of you, right? If, if you're kind of outside of those boundaries, then we encourage another group to spring up out of that so that you can actually be close enough to come take a limb out of the yard or, um, you know, whatever, when, when that whatever happens to you. And I think what's really impressive with AMCON, uh, American Contingency, is the idea that your local group that you're becoming a part of is going to respond quicker than the mm -hmm. federal government, which we've seen time and time again, where the federal government either goes hands off and they say, well, let's just let them get the aggression out, let them get their mostly peaceful protest out. <laughs> or if it's a, the ice storm that happened on 95, right. it's like, oh, go talk to the truckers and go get food from truckers. It's like, well, if you're supposed to be helping the people, why aren't you? Right. Well, why aren't you creating these groups? <clears throat> through a group like Amcon, why don't you do this on your own? And, and that's really the, I think one of the reasons why, and, and let's just address the 600 pound gorilla in the room. Sure. I think that's the reason why uh, Amcon was on that uh, internal document from one three letter agency that, you know, Mike held up on a piece of paper in his, in his video. Um, but I think that's the reason why, because the government doesn't like to be criticized. Uh, and when people can be self-sufficient on their own, they don't like that. Well, we are very much an advocate for self-sufficiency. Mm -hmm. I mean, Fieldcraft Survival is, American Contingency is. I think that makes stronger individuals. Absolutely. And stronger individuals create stronger communities, right? The problem with that, and I, you know, to the flyer that you mentioned, right, I think one person going on YouTube or having a podcast and encouraging people to to be more self-sufficient, more self-reliant. There's no there's no real threat in that. But if there's an organization behind it, right. You know, right. we we have members in all 50 states. We have active groups in 38 of the 50 states and we're actively working to try and create groups in the others. Um, that organization now creates a little bit of a problem. And you know, we, we can call this conspiracy theory or not, but the, the issue that I might not need the system mm -hmm. 
creates a problem for the system. You know what it is? It's a lot of people who, if this, if we look at the much larger scale, if this were to snowball even further, this is going to cause a lot of bureaucrats to not have a purpose or a job if people in their own right are able to take care of themselves. Now right. these bureaucrats are going to have to justify a job that isn't needed anymore. Right. And it becomes a threat. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, you, you, you look at, I think the greatest example, we were talking about history earlier today. I think it's a great example to look at the first, um, I think the, the first 16 amendments to the constitution, they're all about one sentence long. <laughs> right. And then after that, they get way more verbose, right? So there's, there's a little bit of this kind of perpetuating the need for me to be here that comes from from a lot of elected officials at a lot of different levels and the bureaucrats, right? So if you don't need me to help take care of you, then you don't need me. And that becomes a problem. So the, the, the issue for me, and I, and I don't, I know that kind of sounds conspiracy theorist, but the issue for me is not so much that I don't need them because they all serve their purpose in their time. But as the, the, the investor in this American experiment, right? I'm the, I'm the, the stockholder, right? I'd like to see my money spent more wisely. And if I can, if I can help my community, the, the 22 houses that are, you know, within my umbrella of, of influence, if I can help that community be less dependent on on the system, then, then we have a stronger community. And then that's going to germinate in adjacent communities. And that I think puts us in a much more sustainable position as, as a community, as a county, as a state, as a country. And that's where I, you know, from my perspective, that's where we have to make a change you know, be the change that you want to see and, and make that change here and then let it grow out from them. I've met a few of the MCON representatives. So like the structure of it is obviously you're the technically president. I, I'm the executive director, executive director. That's the title. Right. And then underneath you, you have regional directors, right? So the, okay. con the country is uh, divided up into six regions, Northeast, Southeast, and all the way across. Um, and the regions are made up of states. This really is just an, an organizational tactic to help us provide the support and, and um, resources down to the state and local level, right? We don't, there's a, there are a couple of exceptions to this, but we really don't organize very much past the regional level because we want that to be an organic type of organization. So we go out and we, um, these regions all have their own support team. They have regional coordinators. We have a nationwide communications network um, that's based on ham radio, but not exclusively ham radio. Um, and, and yeah, that's how we're organized. Excellent. So if someone wanted to find their local chapter, their mm -hmm. local group website, yeah. So the place to start is always AmericanContingency.com. 
that kind of explains our vision, mission, and values and, and tells some of the stories around uh, how we got started, where we're going, and, and some testimonials. Then that will connect you with our members site, our members area, which I've, I've actually been trying to train myself to say our members platform because it's not just a website anymore. I was going to say, you've been hanging out with Mike Lover for too long, right? The platform and, you know, the space. He likes using the term the space a lot, right? Well, that that stuff does kind of, you know, soak into your pores. Oh, yeah. Uh, But but we have have our own uh, iOS and Android phone apps. So it, it, it really is a platform. It's not just the website. Uh, but I would always start at AmericanContingency.com. Let that take you to the member site. Once you become, you create your membership account there, then that will trigger the connectivity on the back end to help you find and get connected with a local group in your area. Outstanding. Now, you guys have done some recent work. I know at the time of this recording, there was just major flooding in Kentucky. Right. Uh can you talk about some of the mobilization there? Because, you know, there are a lot of folks out there that are like, oh, my gosh, you guys must be a militia or something. It's like, nope, uh, yeah. we are helping people. Uh, so what were you guys doing out in Kentucky? So uh, for the floods, we we provided um, really a lot of background support for the floods. But if you remember back right before Christmas, there was a big band of tornadoes that moved across Kentucky also. Mm. Um, we put together... Uh, we, we took donations, uh, monetary donations, but we also put together um, a toy drive because a lot of what happened and, you know, we can see pictures of tornado devastation on the news and think, oh, wow, that's really terrible. But at that particular time of year, not only did it destroy their house, it destroyed their Christmas. So we collected uh, clothes, supplies, toys. And we were able to fully stock a, a Christmas store. Uh, and in conjunction with some other organizations that were on the ground there in, in uh, Kentucky, they fed them, right? So they invited the whole community in, gave them a, a hot Christmas meal. And then after that, they were able to go shop for their Christmas in our Christmas store. God, you know, you think about it. When you see a tornado and you see all the, the footage on the news, they always talk about like the structural damage, mm-hmm. right? They talk about the the macro picture, right? Buildings are gone, you know, and there's no power here, but you forget that each one of those homes has a kid in it or yep. potentially has a kid in it or family in it. And again, that family lost everything, but that little kid lost everything too, right. you know? So that's a, a great way of helping out the community in that respect. Um, how many people did you get to like approximately how many people were there or how many people supported in, involved in that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Uh, we probably had a dozen people on the ground there mm-hmm. that, that collected supplies, self-organized, collected supplies, transported them up there. We, we had so many donations for the Christmas store that they didn't take them all. Everybody got everything they wanted and we still had some left over. So we we're making frantic calls the day before Christmas, trying to find, you know, some other use for this stuff. Uh, but in that particular case, I think we raised a little bit north of $20,000 in financial support. But then earlier last year, um, Hurricane Ida, you know, came across Louisiana. We, we did the same thing there. And we had, Kevin, we had members from central and southern Florida 
and as far away as San Diego say, I, you know, I don't know anybody there, but I feel like I need to do something. So I'm going to get in my car and I'm, I'm going to collect some things and I'm driving to Louisiana. That's a hell of a drive. It's a long drive. (laughs) Um, you you know, we had the, the Northwest Florida team put together supplies. Well, our communications team put together these, uh, go boxes with handheld and mobile radios because all of the communication infrastructure was, was wiped out there. Um, and you know, what a lot of people don't realize, and, and I want to make a movie reference here that will definitely date me and people laugh at me for making this reference. But if you remember the movie, the postman with Kevin Costner, right? It was a kind of post-apocalyptic world. And one of the things he, he, he took on the persona of a postman. And one of the things that the communities that he visited were just starved for was the ability to find out what was going on outside their four walls. And we, we, we think about it now from the perspective of, well, if I want to know what, you know, my, my aunt or uncle are doing, I'll just send them a text. Well, what if, what if text doesn't work? What if email doesn't work? And, and it might, you know, this doesn't have to be an apocalyptic scenario. We look at something like Ida and for 99% of the United States, it was business as usual for that particular piece of Louisiana. It was apocalyptic. Yeah. I'll tell you something, uh, 20, what, 21 years ago now, nine 11, I was mm-hmm. going to school less than 50 miles away from ground zero Yeah, and all the cell phones were jammed up, right? No one, no one could get a phone call through. And for kids that, that went to Fairfield, you, uh, they had parents that worked in Jersey, Connecticut, New York right. that worked at the trade center. And I remember watching kids like, I can't get in touch with my mom. I can't get in touch with my dad. And they were freaking out. I don't know where my brother is. And tragically, some of the, the you know, I knew a girl who lost both father and uh, and mother at the trade center. And we lost a few alumni. Um, but not knowing is is a terrible, it's like a mental prison. Yeah. You know, until someone sets you and, free. And so just that ability to get news and information, mm-hmm. right, is, is a great mental stabilizer, right? I can deal with just about any circumstance if I know what the circumstance is. It's the fear of the unknown, again, that, that leads me to be very uptight and anxious about it. Just to kind of lighten the mood a little bit, wasn't it in The Postman, Kevin Costner was like being kind of like a stud and weren't they trying to get him to impregnate yeah, a whole bunch of women? Yeah. Well, one in particular, but yeah, that was that same movie. I love, I love that movie. I thought it was really well done. I'm also a fan of Waterworld, even though it's kind of cheesy. Uh, I wish I had gills. Um, I don't know. Random thought. I've had too much coffee and not enough sleep. So uh, let's keep talking about this, this Amcon thing. One okay. of the, the things I really enjoy hearing from you and it, it kind of like, makes the trainer in me really excited is that you've mm-hmm. got folks that are literally training every single weekend with their groups. Like, and that's one of the hardest things to, to accomplish because there are folks out there that will say, Oh, I wish I had someone to train with. Right. Or they'll say, Oh, we, you know, we thought about going out, but we didn't go out. But if you've got a group that's like, Hey, every weekend we're going to do something, we're going to, uh, you know, set up uh, a, a, temporary bivouac. We're going to do some radio. We're going to do some, some vehicle, uh, mobility stuff. If you've got a group that is kind of lighting the fire under your ass, right. you're going to go out and train. Well, it's, it's a level of accountability. hundred percent. Yeah. Right. And, and I can, 
There are tremendous resources available to learn just about anything a human being would want to learn, right? It, it's, it's all out there and most of it's free. So why don't we all know everything? Right. Right. Because we don't have an interest and we don't have the motivation. So, you know, one of the things that we, we have done, Amcon started as an online community and the way I like to explain it, there's a lot of anonymity behind the keyboard. I can get on with my made up screen name and I can pretty much say whatever I want to with, with impunity. And you can also yell if you put everything in, in caps, caps, right? Yeah, That's yeah. a total keyboard warrior. Yeah. Um, good job there. Thank and you. and if you're really, if you're really good at it, you can do it with emojis. Right. Right. That's, that's a whole next level kind of thing. Um, but if you get connected with people that you meet face to face, right? You can't do that with any degree of anonymity, right? And if I'm committing myself to be a part of this group and then I don't show up for a couple of weeks, they should come looking for me. What, you know, or physically or, or metaphorically, they should come looking for me to find out why I'm not holding up my end of the deal. And so, you know, when it comes to training, one of the hardest things for us to do is admit the things that we don't know. Right. But when you're in a group, it, it tamps that down a little bit. It, it, it softens that. So, um, I, I think I said to you earlier today, every week, almost every week of the year, maybe save some holiday weekends, we have groups out training. And, and they might be doing something as simple as learning how to do preventive maintenance on their vehicle, how to check the oil and put air in the tire or change a tire. Because believe it or not, there are people that don't know how to do that. Oh, I believe it. Um, and, you know, I, I was fortunate, I think I was fortunate, that I had the opportunity to grow up on a farm. So a lot of those things, I don't know how I learned to check the oil. I just know that if you don't, it's, you know, things happen. <laughs> um, and then your granddad yells at you and then, he, you know, anyway. Um, so, so those topics, and, and it could be, it could be something like vehicle maintenance. It could be something like, um, with a, uh, a practice kit, learning how to do sutures, how to do staples, how to apply a tourniquet, um, how to can food. Right. Those are all topic areas that we talk about. And they're all they're all areas that help you be better prepared. And I, we believe that there's a there's a category that you're particularly interested in. Right. And let's say, you know, yours is going to be outdoors. We'll say. Um, and maybe there are aspects of food and water that go along with outdoors, but maybe gardening and, and canning is not one of them that's particularly interesting to you. The value in being in a group is that you don't have to know everything. Right, right. You have to know a little bit about all of it, but you can be the expert in outdoors and I can be the expert in growing food and together we can have a stronger team. Yeah, I'm far from a military guy. Like I never served, but I know that when you had these A-teams, right, mm -hmm. you had a comms guy and you had a medic and you had an, an armorer and you had you know, a whole list of specialties. And then often you'd have guys cross-specialized. So right. if one went down, you didn't lose the capability of, say, of a medic. Right. But 
again, I don't need to be in the military to understand the importance of having those roles in a small group, right. because then when you have that divided labor, you have folks that can really specialize as opposed to trying to get everyone to do everything where you're a mile wide and an inch deep. Well, the other thing that happens is it allows me to go deep mm-hmm. in the, in the topics that I'm interested in. And it doesn't force me to go a mile deep in the things that I really don't care about. Let's talk about the process. Cause I know uh, yesterday you showed me a couple of the name tags, uh, name mm-hmm. badges. So if I'm, if I'm like Joe Schmo, right. And I go on the Amcon website and I'm like, all right, I'm going to sign up. There's a background check. Right. And I know that we've had some folks come up to me. At, I've had some folks come up to me at trade shows and they're like, I'm not doing a background check. I'm like, okay, I guess you don't have to be an Amcon then. Or, you right. know, the background check, can you kind of like just clear the air, just explain the purpose of why and what's happening with it? Sure. So um, we offer a vetted status, right, to members that will submit to a background check. Now, we will allow you to be a member without a background check, but your access to activities and, and resources will be limited. Now, all the background check does is uh, it, it checks the NCIC for any you know felony convictions. It checks the sex offender registry. And, and what we want to be sure of are the people that are gathering together in our community are not violent people and they're not sex offenders, right? Because one of the things that does happen, I'll, I'll share a, a great story with you here. Last year around Christmas, we had a member driving from Florida up to Pennsylvania and in the uh, rural highway passages of Mississippi, hit a deer and incapacitated his vehicle. Well, he put out a message on our platform and within 30 minutes or so had had people rolling in his direction to come help him. Now, the people that showed up, some of those people he had never met before. Well, how does he know that that's that, that this person's an okay person, right? So we created the vetting program so that you can go through and get your background check done. And, and once you have that done, you get a little dog tag. It's got the Amcon logo on it. And on the backside has a QR code. And very soon you'll be able to scan that QR code, have the person's picture come up and say, yes, this is a, a person that, that we know. So you can compare their picture to the person who's standing there. You know, is it perfect? No. I mean, are there ways to skirt it? Of course. But it is a much better system than just somebody rolling up. It might have been somebody that didn't even just saw a disabled car there on the side of the road and rolled up. And he hopped out and said, oh, hey, are you from Amcon? Um, Yeah, sure. I'm from Amcon. So it, it gives us kind of that baseline for trust you still have to do the relationship building part, right? Um, but but it, it's the starting point. And to finish that story, the members were able to come together, put his vehicle on a trailer, and trailered him all the way back to Pennsylvania. Did they salvage the deer? I don't know. 
That's I will a very be very good question. The, I hope so. I, I, I hope so too. And I will call anyone out. If you hit a deer and you don't take at least the back straps, yep. shame on you, man. Come on. Um, road deer are some of the best deer out there. Yeah. Speaking of COVID, that was one of the things I did during COVID. My my buddy was a state trooper. Is like Kev. They hit another deer. And I would go out and I'd get on it. my way. Yep. There's no meat shortage. Not no. when you have crazy New York drivers in Connecticut. Um, now that's, that's awesome. I love the fact that you do that because people forget when we're talking about family or we're talking about tribe or small unit or whatever you want to call it, small mm-hmm. group, you know, whether it's trust or respect, it is a two way street. Mm-hmm. And when someone says, no, I'm not doing that. Well, then don't expect us to give you the same courtesy back. You know what I mean? Like, so I understand that. And that's why I kind of just smile when people are like, I'm not going to do that. It's like, you don't have to. Okay. We'll see you later. Well, (laughs) you know, know, I want to come back to this relationship building thing. We'll have people that say, well, I don't have time to, you know, just meet and go out to dinner. I'll come train, but I don't want to come have breakfast on our off Saturdays. Well, that's where relationships are made. Right. And, and I don't, you know, there's a little bit of altruist in me. I'll help people if I can, if I see them broken down the side of the road or something. But, um, I don't put the safety and security of me, my family, my community on the line for people I don't know. I mean, that's why we need to build those relationships now. You know, one of our members has a, has a a really great line that goes something like, you know, if, if you take the time to invest and build a relationship with me, you can come here anytime you need me and you can call me anytime you need me. But if you don't make that investment, don't show up on my porch at three o'clock in the morning because you'll get ventilated, (laughs) you know? And and the, the, the point being, it is a two way street that gate swings both ways. If you don't come asking for something, if you're not willing to offer something and you know time is our most valuable resource it's the one thing we can't ever get a refill on so it's it's a pretty selfish thing to do to ask me to sacrifice my time for you if you're not willing to do something in return you almost make it sound like that's unreasonable like that's (laughs) how people operate today you know not like we've ever seen that before but uh you know i know you've got a couple trade shows that are coming up a couple events and yep. without going into the exact dates, Amcon is going to be present to hopefully get new members, kind of get the mission out there. Uh, you know, you're not trying to recruit people to, you know, storm the local government. You're trying no. to get people to, again, be there for a community disaster to help each other out. So what kind of events are coming up like where people can actually go and meet an Amcon member and be like, hey, I heard about you guys. Well, we we, we approach this at two different levels, right? So we approach national level events and local level events. And we have a support team put together that if you have a local event, we have, we'll provide you the resources to work that event. So things like ham fests, uh, there's a deer expo. Uh, I didn't know about this till last year. The world deer hunting expo is in Birmingham, Alabama. Um, if you're in that area, you should go. But, you know, the, the kinds of events, and, but it could be something like a, um, uh, just a, I don't know, a community bake sale. It could be, 
um, like severe weather uh, weekend where people are programming their their weather alert radios anywhere where people are going to be that value community that's where our members need to be and that's where i'm encouraging them to be what i like about the whole idea of building that community around food it's a shared experience it's a mm -hmm. simple shared experience uh you know there is a a book that i read a, a while back about uh the the history of the world and i think it's six glasses and it tells the history of the world through like beer wine coffee tea american spirits beer wine coffee tea american spirits and coca-cola right wow. so six glasses yeah. and they said that one of the reasons why soup is such a popular like like community builder is because you can't tell one like one cup of soup from another it just all looks the same um so at these events, you get the same experience, like you're sharing all the same food with each other and you get to talk about it, laugh about it. Something's too spicy. Guess what? You can all complain about it, you know, but it's part of humanity. You know, you're just getting together, hanging out and we forget that like on courses. I love it when we do an overnight class and students get to like bake bannock together mm -hmm. or, or, Hey, try some of this. I got it. What do you think of this jerky? Like it's a community builder. You can laugh about it later. You know, maybe you you create a new tradition from it. Like, wow, I got this recipe from Tom, you know? So I think what you're doing is awesome because I feel like our society is going the wrong way now where everything is so fast paced. We're not mm -hmm. slowing down to take the time to talk to anyone. Right. Um, you know, you go to a restaurant, you sit down, you get a different experience than going through the drive-through. You know, your waiter might actually talk to you. Um, and that's what I think you guys are doing when you're having these sit downs. You get a chance to actually sit down with a person you don't know, get a chance to hang out with them, learn their interests, learn what their expertise is. And then it brings it into that group. So now you're a, a collective of people that have all these specializations. Yeah, I, I think one of the things that meals do for us is there's a level of vulnerability that you enter into when you're eating just the just the act of eating um and there was a and i don't know if it was true or not but there was this stat thrown around for a long time that that the u.s army had never lost a battle that was started during a meal right <laughs> that's how dedicated we are to our food but um you know i, I think that it breaks down some barriers I've heard it said one time that just by having a, a cup of coffee in your hand, you create the perception of this, the, the barrier between me and you so that I can, I can still feel a little safe talking to you, but we can have a conversation. Um, so all of these things kind of together and, and it's something necessary. We all have to eat, right? So I, I think all of these things together kind of play into this, shared experience for sure but it it also gives us the opportunity to learn to trust each other without being in a an incredibly dangerous circumstance we were talking before this podcast about different types of training and you know i did the shameless plug for my book and i said you guys should all be using my book to uh have it as like a like an instruction manual and then you can communicate across the country like oh do skilled number 47 or skill number 102 by the way there is no 102 turn in uh, your hymnal to page 47 exactly right the the gospel of estella <laughs> but uh you know <laughs> so what are you currently looking for like if you were to put the all call out to all the listeners 
to say like, hey, Amcon's looking for guys or gals that know how to do this to help us train. What are you looking for right now that kind of would fill a gap? Wow, looking to train, that's a great question. You know, I try to give my guests like a stump question. This is the one. Well, this is a good one. I try. It's a good one. So we, we've broken down our training program into nine kind of categories. And we are looking for subject matter experts in those categories. So, um, and, and we can have more than one, you know, that's the great thing about what we do. And, and in a lot of ways, there are more than one way in, in most situations, there's more than one way to, to achieve an outcome. And just because you do it in a way that I wouldn't do it that way doesn't make either of us wrong. So by having these multiple um, perspectives on it, it kind of makes us all stronger. So I would say, this is, this is a cop-out answer. Any of our categories, well, you know, we could take subject matter experts in. Um, but, but one in particular, if I were going to look at it from the perspective of not just limiting it to training, but if I put out an all call for people, that have a, a particular interest or um, a calling towards something, it would be community leadership. That's one of our categories. And, you know, almost everybody can look around at their neighborhood and say, well, yeah, we'd probably be better off with a neighborhood watch, but I don't want to do it, right? All we need is one person who's willing to have a meeting and say, and, and, and honestly, all you really have to do is introduce all of your neighbors and say, here's what we want to do. We, we just want to make a safer neighborhood, right? And that's the beginning. And, and it, it will either grow from there or it won't go anywhere. But you have to take that first step. And, you know, the, the neighborhood watch thing is great. I've been a part of a couple neighborhood watches mm -hmm. over the years. And, and quite honestly, a lot of them have have moved to social media, like mm -hmm. Facebook groups, yeah. where it's like, hey, this is the, you know, this apartment building's uh, Facebook page. Look out for this guy. He's been checking car doors, you know, things like that. Just getting the awareness out there will reduce a lot of the issues people are going to have. If you say, well, I didn't even know that this was a problem in my neighborhood. Well, guess how you can you can improve your your understanding? Talk to people, right? right. Like, what have you noticed? Um, and maybe neighborhood watch for some like if you're in a very, very, I won't say, I don't like using the term snowflake, <laughs> but if you're in a very fragile community where people are, tr are triggered very easily, uh, if you're, if you're triggered very easily, maybe you start off with something so simple, like, Hey, let's set up a community library full of resources. Like sure. one of those little kiosks that has like, uh, a guide to home improvement a cookbook, you know, and have a handful of resources where it's like, if you're in the neighborhood, you can go there, grab a book, take it out. All you have to do is have someone offer to put it up on their porch. Have a cookout. Yeah. Have a cookout. I mean, that, that's something that we encourage people to do is have a cookout and invite all the neighbors. Hey, I'm going to have the grill hot from 1130 to 1230. Yeah. Bring by hot dogs, hamburgers. I'll cook it and we'll get to meet each other. It's not any more complicated than that. And, and guys, if you are not tracking on this yet, it's kind of like the moment in The Wizard of Oz when the, the great all-powerful Oz is revealed. You know, when Mike Lover says, hey, we're going to do Go Rigs and Coffee, we're trying to get the community together. We're right. going to try to get you together around awesome four by fours that Mikey Hernandez builds or has built. I'm still waiting on mine to be built, by the way. You know, I don't get cool guns or or 
vehicles. I occasionally get, I don't know, beef jerky. Um, <laughs> you know, so when, when Mike Lover says, Hey, we're doing coffee or go rigs, or we're going to do a, uh, a breaking bread experience. You're, you're seeing how American contingency was born. Mm-hmm. You're seeing a common message of get people together, get the community talking, hang out, realize that people aren't weirdos. I mean, maybe there are a few weirdos. There might be one or two. Yeah, there and, are. But look, I mean, in, in, I mean, you say that in jest, but the reality is if you get a population of people together, there are going to be people that you agree with and people that you don't agree with. And, you know, a lot of people will look at, and you kind of go back to this flyer that we were talking about earlier. Um, a lot of people will look at us or ask, you know, well, are, are you this white right wing whatever yeah group network whatever i honestly don't think we are we we are about the community and things the things that make our communities great one of them is diversity in the community i don't have any problem with someone with different political opinions than me being a part of amcon i would encourage them to be a part of amcon the closest we come to talking about politics is community leadership. But certainly within our community, there are people that have very strong opinions one way. There will be people that have very strong opinions the other way. But one of our core values, in fact, our number one core value is respect over contempt. If, if you can't, and I, this is one of the few things that I have a zero tolerance policy for, if you can't conduct yourself respectfully, then you don't need to be part of our community. And you know something back in the day, I used to have a sign on my wall uh, in my classroom that said it was a, it was a political philosopher's quote. It was John Stuart Mill. And it was like, he who knows only his side of the argument knows little of that. Right. You guys should be encouraging healthy debate sure. in your group of friends. Not everyone in your group of friends is going to agree with everything. And there are some companies that propose this, like this 10th man rule. You know, where if everyone is in agreement in a community, you have to have one person disagree. I think Kevin Owens was just talking about this. Probably. And and I I heard a story. The the way I heard that story the first time was Henry Ford. Mm -hmm. And he was um, really motivated to build a steam powered car. Well, in order to make it practical, he had to turn basically had to turn the car into a pressure cooker, right? A a huge steam vessel. Potential bomb. Right. (laughs) So he's in the shop working one day and and he's been telling his executives this and they're like, oh yes, yes, yes. Great idea. Great idea. He's in the shop working one day, gets frustrated and takes his ball peen hammer, throws it across the shop, punctures one of these pressure vessels and it shoots it back within inches of his head. So he calls all the executives back together and says, okay, This is dumb. This was a dumb idea. Why did you people let me do this? We will not move forward on any decisions henceforth until somebody disagrees with it. It's awesome. Right. And, and it's that whole question to understand, right? Seek to understand the other person's point of view. I don't have to change your mind. I I hope that you are open-minded enough to hear my point of view. I try to be open-minded enough to hear your point of view, but at the end of the day, we might disagree. And if we go all the way back, and this is not even all the way back, but we go back to the, the revolution, right? You had the Federalist and the Anti-Federalist. You had these people who would sit in, in pubs and, and I guess tea shops at the time and debate the merits of either side, right? 
And, and there was some um, vigorous debate over elements of the Declaration and the Constitution. And, and um, it, I think we've lost a lot of the ability to, to disagree with one another. You know something, Tom? I'm going to hold up the hand of sarcasm here. So you guys can't <laughs> see it, but I have my right hand up. It's up. I can see it. It, it almost sounds like the executive director of AMCON is encouraging civil debate as opposed to violent extremism. Well, Man, I, I wish the FBI. Oh, I didn't uh, finish that uh, statement. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, the alphabet careful. soup. You know, I, I wish the federales or whoever. Um, I wish they would just listen to this um, because it doesn't sound like whatever was on that flyer. Well, interestingly, if our membership listens, there may be one or two that listen that hear this. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I am encouraging that. I, I think that's important just as a human being and a citizen of, of the world. I want people to be able to talk to each other. And this idea that you either have to agree with me or you're not worthy of sucking oxygen yeah. is crazy. Yeah. We, we did not get here that way. Yeah. I laugh at people that are strict, like straight to cancel culture. They're like, I hate cancel culture. It's so stupid. And yet. And anybody that believes in it ought to fall off a cliff. Yeah. And then nice. what do they do? Right. They promote cancel culture themselves, right. but it's along their side of the political spectrum. You know, like right. you cancel the head of the, the organization or are you trying to cancel everyone in that organization, which might include people that fall along your political, like it just drives me nuts. Well, and, and it's a slippery slope too, it sure because is. if you can, if you can decide what I can say, then who's going to decide what you can say. Amen to that. So we're running short on time. I know you've got a, you got a meeting. Yeah. Um, what are some things that are coming up for Amcon? And then again, let's just reiterate where people can find Amcon. Sure. Um, Without question, the best place to start is AmericanContingency.com. That's kind of the gateway to everything that we offer. We do have our big event that's coming up is uh, Veterans Day weekend. It's the 11th and 12th of November. We'll be in just outside of Phoenix in Wickenburg, Arizona for our annual expo. Super excited about that. Two days worth of training and workshops and vendors and all kinds of fun and lots of meals to sit around the campfire and, and gather. Uh, but I would, I would just encourage everybody come check out the website, see what we're really about. Don't take anyone else's word for it. And then look for, um, look for members in your area. And, and if you have questions, I mean, this is the other thing on the website, AmericanContingency.com, all the way down the bottom. If you still have questions, ask those questions. One of our, those uh, those questions go to our six regional coordinators. And one of those guys will answer the question for you. And if you just want to talk to somebody and say, hey, is this for real? That's that's the easy way to do it. And we're all on all the time. So you'll probably get an answer back within a few minutes. Yeah, guys, it's it's pretty cool. Um, again, I've, I've been at a lot of field craft events where people have come up to me and they've got either an Amcon hat on, Amcon shirt. They say, um, Amcon member in good standing, you know, nice to meet you. I've been following your stuff. Uh, it's, it is a cool community. I've seen them all around the country. Like we travel and we train all around the country and these people are there. Uh, and I would highly recommend that if you guys are trying to be the survival island of one, yeah. look outside of your, your island, right? Like look at the people in your neighborhood because many hands make light work. 
and the AMCON folks are, are doing good work. They're here to, to help the community. They're not here to hurt the community. I'm going on the record and saying that. And, you know, I like to keep my circle close and I'm glad that Tom's in my circle and he's a good dude. So Tom, any final words? I'm going to give the last word to you and you can even sign us off because you've got the voice for radio, by the way. Uh, I'm going to say that your voice sounds like uh, warm suede. Well, if I really put on my radio oh, Jesus, voice. We <laughs> um, well, I, you know, <clears throat> I think what I would like for people to take away from this is that community, a, a small community, that group of 15 families or so, 30 miles or 30 minutes from each other, that's where we begin to make a change and pour yourself into that community. Yes, we can find other people to align with all over the world, but these are the people you live close to. They're the people you're going to help and they are the people that are going to help you. Build those relationships now so that when you need them, they'll be there. And if Amcon can be a part of that, we can facilitate that or support that. We would love the opportunity to do so. There you have it, folks. Guys, thanks so much for listening. This has been the Fieldcraft Survival Podcast. I'm Kevin Estella. We'll listen to you next time or hear you next time or see you next time. Whatever. One of those. One of those. All right. We're out of here, guys. <laughs> <laughs>